This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 501 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by FeedXL.com. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning Show. Today's tip is the who, what, where, why, and when of vaccines. But first, a word about today's sponsor, FeedXL. When you go to FeedXL.com, you can get all of the nutritional information you need to make sure your horse has a healthy, balanced diet. Just log on and tell FeedXL about your horse. Everything from age and activity level to nutrition-related diseases or conditions. Then, tell FeedXL about your horse's complete diet. And I mean complete. Entering Sweet Feed 12% Protein just won't cut it at FeedXL. You can enter the brand, formula, and quantity of exactly what your horse is eating. And then see the results. FeedXL does all the math, all the nutritional science, and gives you an accurate picture of what your horse is really eating, whether his nutritional needs are being met or exceeded. And as if that wasn't enough, FeedXL has forums where you can interact with other FeedXL members, fantastic mini articles about horse nutrition that are quick and fun to read, and a cost calculator where you can figure out just how much that nutrition is costing you. And who doesn't want to know that? Go to FeedXL.com today and discover for yourself why smart horse folks from all over use it to be absolutely sure they're feeding their horses exactly what they need in the most cost-effective way possible. And we've got a newsflash. FeedXL.com has been awarded Best Software Product Servicing the Agricultural Industry by the Australian Business Awards. Congratulations, FeedXL.com, and enjoy today's tip. How vaccines work, just to give us a little bit of basics for this discussion. Dr. Jones, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Without getting too technical, there's uh, two cells, helper T cells, helper B cells, that we uh, reactivate or we activate uh, with the vaccine. So what that all means is, is they're part of the immune system of the horse's body as well as our body. And when you give a vaccine, it stimulates those cells to make antigens against or protectors against those diseases and helps the horse fend off those diseases. That's as simple as I can make it. Um, boosting the immune system is the whole idea. And um, I want to just make a comment right off the bat that vaccine alone, though, is not sufficient for prevention of infectious diseases. We need to do other good management practices, things like that, so, such as going to shows and not going nose-to-nose with horses that have snotty noses and um, getting your mosquito pools dumped out in the summertime, like your empty bucket, your buckets that are full of water that are not being used need to be dumped out. Old tires that might be filling up with water need to be dumped out. Uh, run-out areas that are filling up with water uh, need to be filled in with mud or dirt, that kind of thing. That was my two cents worth. It's to boost the immune system in the horse, and each horse has a different level of immune system, just like the humans do. So All even right. with yeah, vaccines, they can they can get they can still get a disease if you, but you can cut the risk of that. Is what you're saying? Yes, vaccines are meant to increase the prevention, 
but if you don't take other risks or other prevention, the risk still will be elevated for your horse. Uh, if you live in the swamp here in Florida is my best example. When West Nile broke out, we actually had West Nile vaccine fairly quickly, which we're all blessed about having that here in the United States. When we started to vaccinate some of these horses, some were still getting the West Nile disease because they lived in the swamp, they had no barn to go into, and they were just getting covered by mosquitoes. They're age-related, they're older horses, they're younger horses. Those are the ones we were seeing that were getting the disease in severe fashion, even though they were being vaccinated. So in other words, for disease prevention, we really need to think, think about two different things. One is reducing the amount of challenge or exposure that your horse has to that disease by the things you're talking about, not going nose to nose with sick horses, reducing the mosquito pools. And then the, vaccine, the vaccines are just another part of that to reduce, to enable your horse to fend off whatever disease he is exposed to. Yes, basically vaccine alone in the absence of good management is not sufficient for prevention of the disease. You just can't rely on that vaccine. Right. And there, there are a ton of vaccines out there. Which ones are considered to be the ones you've got to have? Which are the core vaccines? The AAEP has put out a uh, recommendation for all veterinarians and horse owners, and you can go on the AAP.org website to see these. But the core vaccinations are the tetanus, eastern and western equine encephalomyelitis, West Nile virus, and rabies. Reason go. for that, all those can't be transferred to humans, or humans not transferred to them, but humans can get them. We can get rabies from a horse. West Nile and the encephalitis diseases we cannot get from the horse, but we can get from the mosquitoes that have affected our horse. So if your horse is in your backyard, comes down with encephalitis, that means there are mosquitoes carrying that virus in your backyard. All right. And let's talk a little bit about vaccine reactions, because that's a, a question that we get very often. You know, does this, does, this, does this particular vaccine cause a reaction more than another one? Does this one by this company cause it more often? What do I do if I see one? Let's talk a little bit about how common those are. Vaccine reactions have not been common uh, lately. They are actually less common now as opposed to 20 years ago when I started. They're more common back then. There is a significant difference from horse to horse and pharmaceutical company to pharmaceutical company and the fact that one horse may react severely bad, as in and fever, to a particular company's vaccine but have no reaction to another one. Why is that? The vaccines are made with the killed virus most times, more times that than uh, a modified live is the other type of vaccine. They're made with a killed virus and what that virus does is it needs to be driven into the immune system by something they call an adjuvant. It's the driver that helps boost that immune system. And that adjuvant is different from company to company. That's why they're so unique when they market their vaccines. That is usually the reason the horses react. So let's go down to reactions. You'll usually see, if you're going to get a reaction at all, fever, swelling in that area, and then the worst case scenario would be an abscess in the area. Only abscesses I see lately, sorry guys, are when the owners are given the vaccine. I, in 20 years, have never seen an abscess on a horse that I vaccinated, unless they went to a different vet, but I don't think so because they're still all clients of mine from 20 years ago. But I have not seen a reaction from one that abscessed from one I gave. And I think it is people? where they gave it and how they gave it. 
So that's the difference. That's what makes the owners create abscesses is where they gave it, like on a dirty location or in the wrong part of the, the muscle, what? Both. Both, yes. Okay. Yes. The, clean, so the most recent, the most recent one I have, and I've actually got video of it. We're trying to get it up on our website of us lancing it, so people can see what it can Ugh. come to. Was one given between the muscle layers of the rear end of a horse? They never got it into the muscle, so this horse never got vaccinated because it never got into the bloodstream. And I don't say you give it IV or in the bloodstream, but it has to be in the muscle that can absorb up through the bloodstream the uh, vaccine in order to prompt the immune response. This one was given between the two muscles in what we call the fascial plane and sat in there, fester. And it took almost six weeks for it to come to the surface and pop out. And that horse was pretty lame and pretty ouchy. Ew. Yeah. And that was given by the owner. And the owner was videotaping it and goes, oh, so you want this doc so you can put it on your website and tell clients, don't vaccinate your own horses, let me do it. And I said, absolutely. This is a good reason. <laughs> she was really good about the whole thing. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely, um, given in the wrong area can cause abscesses. Wow. This is, great. Wow. Yeah. This is going to be a great video to see after breakfast. Yeah, it's one yeah. Of, kind of like that largest zit video that's on the YouTube. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing, big pus pocket all flying out after we lance it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, I don't know if you've seen the biggest zit on YouTube, but there's one about the biggest zit on YouTube, and it's pretty disgusting. Oh, yeah, I said that's gross. <laughs> I'm kind of happy to say I haven't seen that one. <laughs> well, then you haven't lived, Christy. you got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go do a search as soon as we're done with the show. Um, so just that, just for fun, how many of our readers um, on thehorse.com would you say, we, we did a poll on this, and just out of curiosity, how many do you think said that they have, have had a vaccine, vaccine reaction in one of their horses, or one or more of their horses? Mm, I'd say less than 50%. Jamie, what about you? Uh, oh, wait. Uh, I'm sorry. I can barely hear you, so ask that question again. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm right on the microphone. I promise. I must have a bad connection. Um, I just said, what, what, what would be your guess out of uh, readers on thehorse.com? How many of them do you think have a horse that has reacted to a vaccine? Um, I would say, are we talk, we're not talking abscess. We're just talking uh, uh, it could be a any, swelling any kind of reaction. reaction. I would say 80% because I have five horses and one of them reacts. That's a good measure. Um, actually, Aaron, you're right. Um, you said under 50%. It was actually 48, so we're very close. 48. Oh, good. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recommend that you try a different company vaccine on your horse, honestly, because I've had to do that with a couple of my clients and go through, you know, there's three or four marketers of vaccines out there that you can go through and try their vaccine, each one on your horse, and see which one has less reaction. Do you right. have a brand recommendation, or can you not say? I don't think I should say here on on radio. <laughs> uh, and also, I'd have to call them up immediately and ask them for some money for for endorsing their product. <laughs> oh boy, I'm just, just curious. We can talk on the side about that one. <laughs> there you go. Well, just for fun, too, we had uh, this, about the same percentage of people, uh, also 48%, who said they do their own vaccines. I believe that that's probably up. If we would have done this um, poll last year, I think that's up uh, from the last couple of years due to the economy. We see less vaccines appointments in my practice than we did in the last two years. Sure. 
Uh, we're still seeing the clients. We're still seeing them for other things, you know, foot abscess or, you know, occasional cough or something to that effect, but they're all on their own vaccines now. Right. Now, as far as which vaccines people are using, um, the most popular one among our readers, uh, the, one, the one that's most commonly given was tetanus uh, at 90%. Um, wow. West Nile virus was actually right behind that at 89%. Um, mm -hmm. And... Let's see, uh, Eastern and Western Venezuelan encephalomyelitis at 86%. And then they start going down a little bit more, flu at 74%, uh, rabies at 68%, and um, uh, equine herpes virus at 65%. So is that about what, you, what you'd recommend or any, any of the diseases kind of underprotected against? If, if yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd like to make a comment on the rabies percentage. And I believe the problem with that is when we when I first got out, you know, 20 years ago, was practicing, we didn't have a rabies vaccine for horses. We used the dog and cat one. So we really didn't know how much protection we were giving the horse, uh, but they felt that it was doing a, a good job. So I think a lot of veterinarians were not on board with using the, va the vaccine, the dog and cat vaccine, with horses. So, so that one was probably not pushed as much. Is it a different vaccine or is it just a higher dose? Because, like, humans get rabies vaccines, too. Are all of these different or is it just the kind of the killed virus in each one of them? They're different in the way that they're driven into the immune system of the animal. And you have to consider rabies and encephalitis is the other one. This probably rolls into another question you have, Christy, is that those can't really be tested because if you infect an animal with encephalitis or you infect an animal with rabies, and, and test them to see if the vaccine, so let's see, you've got a group of controls and a group of those that have had the vaccine and you infect them with the disease to see if they come down with it, you still have to clean those stalls. So you have people in there at a risk of getting hurt or infected or something like that, cleaning stalls on horses that have been infected with rabies and encephalitis. Those are, those are public health concerns that don't allow us to easily track the abilities of vaccines. So uh, it makes it harder for them to test it on live animals except for our clinical experience, what we're doing out in the field. Does, does that make sense? That, that makes sense, having personal I mean, experience with vaccine and not vaccine rabies horses. Um, <laughs> so when you give a horse a rabies vaccine, because I know here in Kentucky, um, rabies vaccine is sold over the counter. Mm -hmm. um, in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, it's not allowed. You have to, a vet has to administer the vaccine at all times. Yes. Um, but there is available now a proper, quote, horse rabies vaccine. Yes, there is. Even yes, though is. that they still sell the, the dog one yes. to be given to horses, that's really not the ideal set situation because it is different. Yes, and the horse vaccine is a one cc, one mil dose, and the other dogs and cats one are the two cc's. So they think doubling it up for the size of the animal is enough to prompt an immune response in the horse. But there's really no scientific data that says that. It's just, okay, we're just going to make an clinical applications, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's interesting, okay. And Most I, horses uh, that get infected by rabies have never been vaccinated for rabies. Okay, because um, I would recommend to people from personal experience, get your horse vaccinated for rabies and do it every single year. I agree, because they don't want to have the disease, because it's a horrible disease to watch a horse have. But secondly, nine times out of ten, those horses show up with a fever, and you're putting your hands in their mouth by giving them an antibiotic, and now you've just exposed yourself to rabies. Well, that's kind of the, the storyline that I had, in that the horse was 
we thought exposed, we, we, the horse was exposed to a rabid animal, and there was nobody to see the exposure, so we mm -hmm. didn't know if the horse, what the risk factor was. The horse mm -hmm. was like two weeks past the due date of her rabies vaccine. Oh, my. But by the time I found out all this information, I had been exposed to the animal, and other people in my family had been exposed to the animal, not knowing all this. So it was kind of a freaky out, sweat your palms couple of weeks. It was mm -hmm. not worth it. Including me, by the way. I was Including one of those Glenn. other. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so that's, that's one. Put that on your Road Apple applications, you know, get the, and put the reminder to get the, the rabies vaccine on there. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement. All right, so I have a couple of questions. Uh, we're 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 going to play stump stump Jamie and Glenn just for a moment. Um, well, hopefully, we're not stumping. That won't be hard. Um, <laughs> we're going to start with a little bit easier one. Um, can you tell us? Do you know what a Coggins is? Yes. Yes. It's, yes. It's a oh, blood test it? for. What it is? For yes. <laughs> you can't just say yes. That's cheating. <laughs> All right, Glenn. You want to go, or you want me to go? Yeah, it's a piece of paper that horse husbands know that you have to have to go to horse shows. <laughs> I love oh, that's it. right, isn't that's it? Awesome. I mean, I'm right. It's like a driver's license, right? It allows them to get into the show. Exactly, and then we get blamed if you don't have it because you were supposed to bring it and we were supposed to know that you were supposed to have it. So you learn that very early on when you're a horse husband. You have to have that Coggins test and you're responsible even though you don't know anything about it. <laughs> there, that was a good okay. Follow that up. I mean, I was going to give you the real answer, but I can't follow that. So, you know, <laughs> move on. <laughs> well, Christy, if you don't mind, I'm going to share the story that I talked to you about earlier. And it's, uh, it's um, I had a client call me, and you know, he's an older gentleman. He's been into horses just a little bit of time, and uh, he loves his pasture pets. They're just pasture pets, and he acquired two donkeys. And he got them from some rescue place of some sort, uh, and he talked to me about coming out and getting the vaccines done. I said, great. I said, do they come with the Coggins? And he said, no, but I said, well, you really should have their Coggins done. And he said, well, you inoculated my other two horses for Coggins, so, that, you know, my horses should be fine. And I said, no, it's not a vaccine. It's a blood test that tests for an immune-deficient disease that is transferred by stable flies. So if you put two horses in the same pasture with your two horses, the flies will jump from one horse to the other very easily and transfer that disease. He, um, he got a little nervous, and I was out there the next day pulling the Coggins. So he, he thought it was actually a vaccine, not just a test to see if the horse had equine infectious anemia. Exactly, exactly. So that's why we threw that into the show. We want to make sure that that's clear for everybody. And, it's, it, it, yes, Glenn, you're absolutely right. That paper is very, very important. <laughs> but I didn't do what it was. Okay, so for our next I knew question. That. You did. You're awesome. Um, so I, need to add, I need um, to add that to uh, Horse Husbands 101 class, though. So that, that's a good point. I need to write that down. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> very good. All right, Christy, uh, I think we have time for one more. That's all I got, so we're good. Um, what is a titer? Do you know? Uh, Glenn, do you have a funny answer for this one? <laughs> um, <laughs> none that I can say on the air. A titer would be, like, to get a titer, say, if you're trying to see 
Uh, okay, to get more specific, uh, there's a friend of mine is has never vaccinated her horses for, I think, rhino, because if she is to move down to Portugal or wherever she wants to go and move with her horses, they take blood titers to see if there's any of that vaccine rhino in her blood. Now, of course, it could be exposure or the vaccine, and so you check the titers, right, and that's, that's, that check their blood to see how much is in the system. Yeah. Some answer. yeah, no, that's good, that's good. Basically, it shows how much immune response the horse got from either exposure to the disease or the vaccine. The unfortunate side to it is that we have not created the levels, or, or not created, but studied the levels that are proper for a horse to have. So if somebody wants me to pull titers, which is a common question from my um, homeopathic clientele is they want titers pulled to see if their horse has enough protection for the encephalitis disease, especially here in Florida. There is nothing to say that 20, 200, or 2,000 is the cutoff. We don't have enough data to say your horse is fully protected. If it's zero, you can say it's not protected at all. But if it's 20, 200, 2,000, we really can't determine that that uh, is enough of a response for your particular horse to prompt a response if they were challenged with that disease, such as a mosquito bite to pass the encephalitis. So that's, uh, that, I just wanted to clear this, clarify that titers are not commonly used yet in equine. If somebody wants to sponsor that, I'm sure there's plenty of internal medicine people who would love to have their foundation <laughs> money to uh, research that. And there's another answer. There's another answer for titers, and that is, oh. it's a Christmas answer, actually, because you're eating a whole lot of cookies this time of year, and your genes just don't fit because oh. they're tighter. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. If you love listening to Glenn the Geek and Jamie putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune into the Horses in the Morning show Wednesdays at 10 for a weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information from thehorse.com. Also, you can listen to more of the horse.com's tips in shortened form like this. Just go to horsetipdaily.com. And go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. All of the experts are right there, alphabetized and easy to find. Also, you can go to the horse.com website and find a motherload of horse health information covering just about every topic imaginable. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover. You can subscribe to all of the great shows of the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.